It's Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Phillies are starting the season on fire. The Sixers still holding on to first place, and the big man is back. The Flyers are fighting for their lives every night from here on out. And we've got great guests tonight to cover it all. Yeah, we do indeed. And I got to tell you, I got a sore thumb today, Bill, from uh, flipping between the Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies last night. A couple of those games, though, did leave me disappointed. But, hey, the Sixers are on fire, which is nice. It is a fun time of the year, though, with all three of those teams in action. Uh, The Eagles even making some news today with a couple of signings. Um, Sixers, though, playing real well. We'll talk about all of those teams as we go along over the next hour. Absolutely, we will. We have three great, three great guests tonight. How about that? And Crystal Rich of 76ers Outsider. She's always great. Will give us great 76ers insight. Uh, how about Perrant and Favell? Sound familiar, Flyers fans? Kim Perrant and Corey Favell. You may have heard of their dads. We'll be talking Flyers hockey. Kim and Corey have their own podcast debuting this week. Actually, today, uh, yeah. Perrant Favell, Generation X Hockey. We'll get the scoop on all that, too. Yeah, and they've got some great guests on their podcast. They debuted uh, today with Doc Emmerich, and I actually checked it out. It was terrific. Can't wait to talk to Kim and Corey. And, Bill, i got to tell you, later in the show, I'm going to make a shocking confession. You and our viewers and listeners will be taken aback, I'm pretty sure, but I'm just going to have to put it out there, so stay tuned for that. All right, and and when the time comes, i got a wild guess what it might be. And Obviously, you're just telling me this. But I got a wild guess since today's National Beer Day. Everybody it's know? not, but no. beer will get mentioned, but that's not the confession. All right. All <laughs> right. Well, hey, let's welcome 76ers Outsiders Crystal Rich back to Philly Press Box Radio. Crystal, welcome. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hello, Crystal. Hello. So good to see you. Great so to see you. So good to rejoin you guys. It's been so long. <laughs> You yeah, you, you've had a busy last year or so, and we'll talk about some of that as we go along. Um, listen, I want to get right to it. This is driving me nuts. It drives a lot of people nuts. And that, of course, would be Ben Simmons. You see oh. the tweets during Sixers Outsiders. You hear the talk on 97.5. You fill in on there occasionally. He's got so much talent. He's so much fun to watch often, but he's also frustrating to watch. And as has been pointed out, since the All-Star break, his numbers are not that great below 13 points a game. He's shooting under 50%, which is just crazy since none of his shots are beyond five feet. Does he drive you crazy as well, Crystal? Yeah, uh, and you know, (laughs) on Sixers Outsiders lately, we have not been taking it easy on Ben Simmons, and mainly because we have seen these flashes of what he can become. You know, to start the season, it wasn't the best start that we would have hoped for, But two weeks before we had the road trip, which they went four and two on, he started to be really aggressive. And there was a couple of games even back to get back where he was giving you 20 points per game. He was giving you the double doubles. He was giving you the boards. He was assisting other his other teammates. And then after this road trip, which was tough in its own way because there was no Joel Embiid. So maybe he felt like he had to carry the load. But it's like something literally flipped in his mind where aggression was now 
out at the back and even when he was aggressive in some of those games he just his touch at the rim was terrible to be honest in a few games and his shots that he usually can make with ease they just weren't going in so Ben Simmons after that uh after the all-star break uh his numbers have regressed and I think last game it was slightly better it, I think it's a step in the right direction not exactly where he needs to be but we did we did see some flashes of him doing some things like attacking the rim in the half court and in transition that makes me hopeful that we will see the Ben Simmons that we saw before their previous West Coast trip so is it is it safe to say that you're not buying into Doc Rivers uh scoring is not important Ben does everything else for us you're not buying that story well, here's here's what I here's what I would say to that. I would say that Doc Rivers is so media savvy. He knows what to say to the media and he knows what not to say. So I think for us, that's what he's feeding us because he knows that's the smartest answer to give. I truly believe that behind closed doors, uh, Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell are both really pressing upon Ben Simmons of how important it is to be um, not only a distributor and a pass first point guard, but someone who can be aggressive and score for this team. And during that stretch when Ben Simmons was being aggressive, I noticed that in the first quarters of games, he was not a pass first point guard. He was, I'm going to the rim. I'm going to get mine. I'll give you a baby hook. I'm going to get my points first and then I'll distribute. And he somehow got a little bit away from that. And when he did that, those were the games where he gave you those 20 points per, per games. Well, meanwhile, Joel Embiid may not get the official MVP award this season since he's missed a third of the team's games. But, man, he's back. And when he's on the court, he is special. He seems to have taken a big jump this year with his performance. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. And the, the crazy thing about Joel Embiid's second game back is that he dropped 35 and 33 minutes. He <laughs> is literally leading the NBA in the player efficiency rate. He's so good even when he can get a little bit better. Remind you, it's just his second game back. In his first game back, he eased into the game a little bit. He still, he still played his game, but he got it there slowly. This game, he came out of the blocks firing. He was playing bully ball. Of course, he's going to take his shot from deep. I can't take that away from him because he's a, just because he's big, because he can do it. He was getting he was getting better passing out the double team and recognizing the double team before it came Joel Embiid is something so special and I say it I've been saying it all season long that we really have to take every opportunity that we can to appreciate this Joel Embiid because we all remember the Joel Embiid who just sometimes wasn't in shape it doesn't feel like that this year is the case yeah well, 51 games in, 35 and 16, uh, tied with Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not going to go away either. Uh, they hung in there for a month, basically, uh, with the same uh, tie, basically tied with the Nets without Embiid. Uh, they're without Durant. How's this thing going to go towards the end of the year? And uh, are the Sixers going to end up with this home court advantage? Uh, well, I think that the NBA, they might have something against the Sixers, to be honest with you, because their second half season schedule is really hard. Not only did they have that 
West Coast road trip. But if you remember, it, it pretty much was just a road trip that included teams all over the country. It started in New York. They went out West. They went to Denver. They came back. Uh, they played a team. They played the Chicago Bulls. And then they had one day off before they played two home games. And then they're on another road trip where they're playing four teams. And after that road trip, then their schedule gets really hard where they're playing teams like um, the Brooklyn Nets. They're playing teams like the Clippers, Golden State, uh, Milwaukee. So I do believe that if Joel Embiid continues to trend upward and we know he can pretty much do whatever he wants, if we can keep him healthy, if we can get Ben Simmons to be as aggressive um, as aggressive as he was before this road trip and Tobias Harris really just to do what he's doing because this season he has been excellent, 100% got snubbed for that all-star bid, then I think that we can hold on to that high number one, number two seed um, but the second half of the season is very challenging for the Sixers. And sometimes you see them playing with tired legs. And I 100% can understand why looking at their schedule. Well, you mentioned Tobias Harris, and that was where I was going to go next. Uh, he has really played well this year under his old pal, Doc Rivers. And especially in the fourth quarter, instead of disappearing, he's a guy who apparently you know seems to want the ball and has just been great coming in, in, into clutch situations. Yeah, Tobias Harris this year is different. And what I love, the piece of advice that Doc gave him that he shared with the media, is he said that Doc Rivers says, you prove that you're an all-star in the playoffs. And we know the first year that we got Tobias Harris, he had a tremendous slump towards the end of the season and it even led into the playoffs. That was the year that we had Jimmy Butler, where I, I remember him going 0 of 23 from deep. And I think that he really wants those days to be long gone and he has a switch. And before uh, I give him all the credit, you really have to give a lot of credit to Doc too. Not all of it, but a lot belongs to Doc Rivers because even before Doc Rivers coached one single game this season. I remember him telling Tobias, listen, you need to make quicker, more decisive decisions. Stop dribbling, dribbling, dribbling for 10 years and then trying to figure out what you're going to do. Doc Rivers has coached him up um, in, in LA and the Clippers before he came to Philadelphia. And that was his best year before this year, before reuniting with Doc Rivers. I think the all-star um snub is probably the best thing that could have happened to Tobias Harris. And here's a hot take yeah. for you guys. I believe that right now Tobias Harris is the number two option on this team following Joel Embiid. Right now it's hard to say that it's Ben Simmons when he is in this slump. And to be honest with you, we've only seen him have a two to three week good stretch this season. So right now I believe that Tobias Harris is that number two for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Well, Crystal, we know that Dwight Howard's a solid backup for Joel when 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 you know when they need him. Uh, does this team have enough depth overall? You you mentioned tired legs. Uh, do they have enough depth down the stretch and through a playoff run? Uh, you know, how deep can they go? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit tough. Obviously, we were looking to make big moves um, before the trade deadline. Kyle Lowry was a, t a a guy that we thought we might get. Lonzo Ball was a guy that we thought that the Sixers thought that they would get. And I think that because um, both of those teams decided to keep those players, that may have possibly been our plan A. And everyone knows you have to have a plan B. 
Lonzo Ball probably was our plan B, and that went out the window too. So it's good that we have George Hill, although he has not played in a game yet. I think it will help the second unit. I think that Shake Milton then becomes better when he gets to really live at the two. You saw he gets some ticky-tack offensive fouls and just sometimes loses his dribble occasionally, although I think he's getting better handling the ball. I think he'll be even better as a pure two coming off the bench with George Hill. Um, I still think that it feels like they need one more piece, and we'll see if uh, that if if Daryl Morey, Elton Brand do anything this season. Um, but it's hard to live on that hope 100%. I do think that they can make it to the finals. Getting past Brooklyn is going to be very hard if Brooklyn is at full health. Joel Embiid pretty much has to be perfect. Tobias Harris pretty much has to be perfect. And Ben Simmons has to be way more aggressive than we see him in these last couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll see if the Sixers do anything in the buyout market. I think they have until Friday to do that. You mentioned George Hill. It was nice to see that he traveled with the team to Boston last night. We saw him dribbling uh, before the game. The hand looked good to me. Uh, they haven't provided any sort of specific update. When do you think we might see him in a game? Uh, I think, you know, I really don't know the answer to this. Any answer that I give would just be speculative. I, I believe that maybe after this road trip, this four-game road trip, we just had one of the games, then we might see him. But even looking at the schedule right there after that road trip, we're immediately playing Brooklyn. We're immediately playing the Clippers and then Golden State. So I'm not sure if that is the time that they want to debut him either. So my guess would be after sometime after this four game road trip, but we will see what the organization decides. Hey, Crystal, do you, do you think that the Bucks still have an outside chance of being a real contender here? I mean, they're only a couple games back. Do you see them being for real as well and, and getting in the mix here? Well, that's an interesting question. And it always takes me back to the year before with Jimmy Butler and the Heat. And I completely believe that there was no way they were going to go far in the playoffs at all. And then they sat there and won the Eastern Conference Finals and made it to the finals. So it's hard to count out the Bucs. Um, I, I don't think that they will be able to contend with the Sixers, I don't think they will be able to contend with Brooklyn. But when you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, you always have a chance. So that's that's the best thing I can give you. But I do believe that the, the Brooklyn Nets, they've made moves like getting uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and getting uh, Blake Griffin to be able to contend with guys like Joel Embiid and guys like Giannis. Because Giannis, when Brett Brown was the coach of this team, he would make, this is the one big compliment I'll give to Brett Brown. He made a great adjustment putting Joel Embiid on Giannis and that that length and, and that wingspan really kind of slowed him down, even though he still got his an eight. It slowed him down from what he typically does. So I don't see them going to the Eastern Conference Finals or winning the division. But when you have Giannis, there's always that chance. But we focus on the Sixers and the competition in the East all the time, but what about out West? There are some great teams out West. I know LeBron and AD are you know, still sidelined for the Lakers. Who do you think is going to ultimately come out of the Western Conference? That's a, that's a really good question. A lot of people are interested in that too. Um, I think that a lot of Clippers fans are really excited and they just think that they can win the West. But I always just think it's silly to count out LeBron um, no matter what state he's in. So if he is healthy, him and AD are healthy, 
I don't care if they start as the eighth seed. I don't care what seed they start, even if the path is harder. This guy is so, and, and that and LeBron James, he's so experienced. He's so clutch. He's literally one who can put an entire team on his back and drag them to the finals. So I think that my original my original pick would be the Clippers. But if, if uh, I'm about to call him Joel Embiid, if LeBron James is healthy, and AD are both healthy. I do believe the seating does not matter. They will make it. Crystal, before we run out of time with you, uh, you've had a lot going on since we talked to you last <laughs> August. And uh, we, we, you had just gotten engaged and you couldn't even show us your ring because you uh, you were getting fitted or whatever. What do you got going on in your real life? <laughs> Yay, Let's see that ring. Ring size. You guys can finally see. I, I remember when I joined you guys in August, uh, you know, really height of the pandemic and my ring was getting size. So since the last time I talked to you guys, it's been a whirlwind. I've, I recently got married. Um, I'm doing Sixers Outsiders. I'm freelancing for some other people. You guys see me on 97.5, the fanatic filling in. I do some work on Big Ten Network. So it's just been, I feel like I never get a, a second to rest. Um, but I can't complain about any of it. Everything is good. And, and you know, added to that, it's just real life stuff is too. Like I, I work out a lot. I'm the main uh, provider of dinner <laughs> in this household. So I, I do a lot of cooking. Um, but life has been really, really good since I've seen you guys last. Yeah. And for people who don't know, your husband is Don Bell of Channel 3, KYW3, right? That's right. That's right. All right. Hey, one other thing. Uh, you and Tyrone do a great job on Sixers Outsiders. I watch you whenever I can and when I can stay up late. Sometimes you're a little too too late for an old guy like me. Um, I, I watched your show last night, and you're still doing the show remotely. Are they going to let you back into the Wells Fargo Center to do the show from there at some point? That's a, that's a really good question, and it's a question that I've asked at times, too. And I believe it just goes beyond my job, NBC Sports Philadelphia, and goes more so to the NBA and how many people they will even allow mm. in the building when there's games being played. Um, so for right now, we're broadcasting from home. My hope is to be back in the studio when the playoffs start, but honestly, who really knows? Because I think that if it came down to like fans or us, even I would like want the fans or the kids to, to have their chance to, to see a game after the year that we've been through. So we can only hope for the playoffs to be back in the studio this season. I'm now, I, I, I was going to ask you uh, if you had any update or insight about when they're going to let more people in the stands and uh, or in the stadium. And, you know, uh, that first seed, if you've got the home court advantage, it'd be nice to have a full house. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it will be it will be beautiful to have a few a full house. I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't know when they're going to open things up and allow more people to come. I I can only believe it's going to go hand in hand with vaccination and that whole process. Um, but that's another thing. We'll just have to wait and see what the NBA does and and here in Philadelphia what what we do. All right. Well, Crystal, we certainly appreciate you coming by and your very, very busy schedule. And we didn't get – matter of fact, let's take one minute if you have it because we have one minute left. Tell sure. us about what you're doing over there at the Big Ten Network. Yeah, you know, every now and then I'll just do some um, freelance work for them as well as a reporter. So last time I was there, I went to Penn State for the pro day. Um, I covered players like Michael Parsons who could potentially be a pick for the Eagles if, if – 
you know, how he picks a linebacker at 12 and if he is available at 12 because he might be a top 10 and covering players like Jason Owe, who's a defensive end, you know, interviewing their new basketball coach, really just uh, a bunch of sideline reporter work. And that's always uh, a lot of fun, but also different here during a pandemic where you're reporting with the mask on your face and it's literally quiet during a pro day when, you know, in, in years past, there's a ton of people there. Very cool. All right. We appreciate you coming by and uh, let's do it again and not wait from August all the way from August to do it again this time. <laughs> I know it's a long time guys. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks. Thanks Crystal. Crystal. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Chet, let's talk insurance. If you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All-state insurance in Westchester, PA. Yeah, that we do, Bill. Uh, one of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Give him a call. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The number is 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, thanks, Willie. We like that for sure. Hey, Chet, Philly's on fire to open the season. Uh, Looks like they're going to get another win today, which would make them five and one. They had five quality starts up till today. Uh, I guess Noah's not a qualifier. I think he only went four. Uh, five quality starts. Bullpen has been lights out so far, except for your guy, VV. Well, I think good yesterday. I think they only had three quality starts. Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. I don't think qualified as quality starts. They got five, um, right? I think they both went five innings. And I don't know. That's all. It don't, takes. don't you have to go six? I thought you had to go six for a quality start. I thought it was five. It used to be. Anyway, Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin looked great the first time around. Nola today, he really struggled. He made it through four innings. He left with a four to one lead, but it took him 84 pitches, I believe, to get through 84. And uh, I think you mentioned that guy, Vince Velasquez, who uh, we saw last night. Your guy. Your guy I'm hoping Vince it was Velasquez. the last time we saw Vince. What we saw from Vince last night was a microcosm of his career. He looks great for one inning. He struck out the side. He goes in the dugout for 10 minutes, comes back out. And then the next inning, to get one out, he walks four batters, gives up four runs, he throws a total of 40 plus pitches. So there were a lot of fours in there, four outs, four runs, four strikeouts, four walks, 40 pitches in an inning and a third. That's typical Vince Velasquez. Get out of town, VV. And like you say, that's an epic storyline. Uh, uh, that's line. Vince. That's One him. In the third, zero hits. Yeah. I four know. Runs, four earned, <laughs> four walks, four Ks, zero hits, gives up four runs. Go figure. Yeah. But Goodbye, hey, Vinny. on a good note. Jet, Reese Hoskins is on fire. Starting on the season fire. on fire. He's not going to stay like that, obviously, because he's really doing well. Um, but it's a good place to be because Harper's a little slow out of the blocks like he normally is. Uh, McCutcheon is real slow out of the black box, hitting about 150 so far. Bohm is hitting a little bit. Riavito's hitting. Uh, Didi's hitting. This team's fun to watch right now. They're scoring a lot of runs and getting great bullpen work. 
Well, today they are playing the Mets an afternoon game. It started at like 4.07. As we speak, Bill, it's 7.24, and they are still playing. It's the middle of the eighth inning. It's hour four of this game. The Phils are ahead. That's the good news. Um, and you mentioned Reese Hoskins. He has been on fire. I think he's got eight or nine hits already, leading the major leagues in doubles with six doubles. He hit his first home run today. Nice piece of hitting. Uh, I think it was an eight-pitch at bat. He hit it to right center field. So Reese is really on fire. He's the one guy who has really come out of here uh, just starting off great uh, the early part of the season, six games. It looks like they're going to be 5-1, and one, as you said, but let's not get too excited. Remember, two years ago they started 4-0. and oh. We know how that season ended. Six games is 127th of the season, Bill. My math tells me that is 3.7% of the season. On the bright side, they're on pace to go 135 and 27 right now, assuming they win today. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going with all that, but I'm, I'm no. going with five and one a whole lot better than being one and five. Six games or six games, it's two series wins against uh, in the division, beating the Braves and beating the Mets. Uh, stay up on top of those guys. That's where you need to be. And uh, I, I don't think anybody thought that the Phillies would come out and sweep the Braves, who appeared to be very uninterested in playing last weekend. I don't yeah. know if they didn't think the season started yet or what, but they uh, they weren't very good. Well, they were going up against three Phillies pitchers who were just pretty much lights out. I think the Braves batted something like 183 or 173 against the Phils in those three games, and they're going to be looking for some revenge because the Phils go to Atlanta this weekend. And other than Velasquez, the bullpen has been almost unhittable. I mean, they've been a little shaky at times. Um Jose reminded me a little bit of the Mitch Williams era where you know it takes him 25, 30 pitches to get through an inning, but uh, he'll, he'll get a couple of guys on base, walk a guy here and there, but uh, he throws 100 miles an hour. And that's one of the things that is such an upgrade over the last couple of years. They got guys who can bring the heat. They didn't have that in recent years. And that's nice to see where you can get a guy who's effectively wild, as they say, and can also you know blow a guy away with those uh, fastballs. Yeah, well, and I, I think the thing that'll be interesting as it plays out is uh, where where they look like they're getting in a little bit of trouble, Alvarado did, Velasquez did, is when they go to that second inning of work. You know, maybe they go one inning and get some out. If he's got enough guys out there that can get the job done that he doesn't mind going to pretty regular, maybe it's a one and out, and that's how Alvarado, the game you're talking about the other night, he was mowing yeah. them down in the first inning, comes out in the second inning, and uh, – you know, made your heart beat a little bit. Same thing that, that Vinny did. So uh, how do you like Hector Neres on the close so far? You like him in that ninth inning spot? Yeah, I do. So far, so good. He's going to have his ups and downs, I'm sure. But then you got other guys who you can put in there if he does struggle on uh, several occasions. You got Archie Bradley. You got Alvarado. Uh, a guy we liked, I, he's not ready to be a closer yet, Connor Brogdon. He has looked great in the spring. He's already 2-0. and He got two of the relief wins. I think he's going to get the relief win today and go 3-0 and because Nola only pitched four innings. So Brogdon came in, pitched the fifth. He struggled a little bit in the sixth inning. And like Finney, you know, the second inning was a little tougher for him. So keep these guys one inning at a time and, uh, you know, hope for the best. By the way, Nick Pavetta threw for the Red Sox on Sunday. Remember Nick Pavetta? He no. threw five shutout innings, got the win. But, Bill, before before we move on, we got some great guests coming on. I got to make that big confession right now because oh. it is baseball-related. You ready oh. for this? Go ahead. Here it is. I was on the fence last year, Bill, regarding this situation. But having seen it play out in the Phillies season opener, 
and watching this game today, which is now in well into the fourth hour, I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to upset you. I know you're going to feel differently. I think I like this new gimmick of starting each extra inning, half inning with a man on second base. I know that might be blasphemous. I know it goes against old school baseball, but I find it kind of exciting. And yeah, it'll mean fewer of those 12, 13, 14 inning games. I'm liking the man on second rule, Bill. That's blasphemy. I know. <laughs> that's like that's like ending a hockey game with a shootout. Oh, Stop. I knew you were going to make that Stop comparison. It. I knew it. <laughs> Stop. Huh? But I mean it. Ay, ay, ay. I, I don't. I, I just can't go there. I just can't go there. You know. And, and, you know the reason that I don't like it, Chad, as much as anything, is you put that guy on second, and let's just say you you know you bunt him to third, and you sacrifice fly him home, and that's how you win the game. That. that it's just not that's not baseball. Somebody gotta hit the ball, somebody gotta field the ball and all that. I, I'm just not uh I'm not gonna buy into that one. Sorry about that, pal. The dinosaur age is over, Bill. It's time to move on and accept this new game. Well, you know what? I, I don't have a problem with change, Chad. I just have a problem when it's not good change. I know I understand, and I'm probably in the minority, although I am hearing more and more people coming around on this, including some guys on the radio. I like it. I think it makes it more exciting, and it definitely will avoid those 13, 14, 15 in the games that we occasionally see. So let me know how you feel, folks. Let me know if you, too, like the man on second rule. Well, well here, I got I got one comment for you right now, Chad. Here we go. Robbie <laughs> Ellis, I hate the rule. I'm with you, Robbie. I'm sure there'll be a lot of that. But, I am uh, with hey, you, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Yep. I've also said last year I'm coming around on, on the designated hitter. I was an old timer on that too. I was anti DH, but I think I'm liking that as well, Bill. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I, I might could actually be a little more on board with that uh, since they already do it in the other league. Uh, but I just like the coaching strategy that takes place. Uh, when you have to work around pitching changes and and so on and so forth, so I'm, I understand. I'm, I'm going. I'm going old school with that too. All right. So <sighs> there you go. We We're still waiting for one of our guests, but we have one ready to go. So uh, let's move along here, Bill. Let Let's go ahead and uh, Chad. If you're our age, uh, you've been a Flyers fan since day one. The names Perrot and Favelle are legendary names. Obviously, uh, how cool is it that these days? Uh, and all these years later, Bernie and Doug's kids, Kim and Corey, have teamed up for their own hockey podcast. And they, we've got them both here today. As long as we find Kim, we got Corey waiting for us. That's uh, Doug and Bernie that you're seeing on our screen if you're watching uh, the video version. Um, and, yeah, we're going to have a couple of their offspring joining us. And yep. uh, let, let's do that, Bill. Let's, let's see go ahead we and welcome Corey Favell on, and we'll get Kim on with us just as soon as she shows up. Corey, welcome for your first time to Philly Press Box Radio. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hey, Corey. Looks We're like gonna... Kim hung me out to dry for a little bit here. Oh, yeah, what's going on, man? <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Well, that's, that's congratulations on the debut of your uh, podcast, by the way. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, it was an exciting day. So, uh, 
yeah, we're excited to uh, to talk about it. And uh, like I said, Kim and I both have five kids each, so she might be dealing with a little something. Uh, on oh, my end, goodness. So. <laughs> I did she, not know that. She might be busy, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, Corey, it is great to meet you. We're going to talk about your new podcast in just a little bit and your famous fathers. But uh, I don't know. Do you still follow the Flyers or do you follow the Maple Leafs? Or do you just, <laughs> are you just a fan of the NHL in general? Who do you root for these days? Um, well, my dad is uh, a member of both the alumni associations with with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, we're pretty force fed here in, in Niagara and in Ontario, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I love them. You, you know, you see it so much. I, I'm rooting for them. But um, my heart's always, you know, been in Philadelphia. I've always followed the Flyers. Um, they've always been my team. So, yeah, I, I root for for the Flyers. Um but up here, like I said, we're we're force fed the Maple Leafs, so um, kind of forced to, to to love the Leafs too. So I understand. Yeah, there is Miss Kim Perrant. Kim, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. Hi, sorry, my lap, my computer wouldn't let me open it. Oh, I'm no. on my phone here, so I hope this works. <laughs> this will be fine. This will okay. be fine. <laughs> Go ahead, well, Bill. well, Kim, Corey, Corey let the cat out of the bag. We did not know that you had five children. He said you might have been a little bit tied up. I thought you only had four. I, I must have lost track of one. Yeah, it's easy to lose track. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kim, uh, I, I got to tell you, I watched the debut episode today, Doc Emmerich. First of all, Doc is amazing. I loved the uh, documentary that NBC Sports put out recently. That was terrific. And you got to sit down with him for a half hour. I watched the episode today. He is great. And I'm sure he's got even more and more great stories. But how cool was it to talk to Doc, who's you know a legend in the broadcasting business? Oh, it was great. Like, I've... Um you know, met him when I was younger and then, you know, just a couple of times as an adult, but I never had a chance to just sit down and chat with him like that. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we were happy that, you know, he agreed to be on with us and have him be our, our opening episode. So yeah, yeah it was, it was a lot of fun. That's really cool. Well, Hey, you guys, uh, obviously you're connected by your, your father's, you know, names and all that, but how did you two get together and decide, ultimately decide, Hey, let's do this podcast gig. It could be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> uh, like I said, it's been, you know, Kim and I, you know, met about three years ago and we've always stayed in pretty close contact. And the last year with, um, with COVID and, and a lot of the lockdowns and the restrictions, you know, we, we picked up the communications a lot more and it was just something we had some really good stories between the two of us. And we thought, man, this might be neat to reach out to some of the other kids um, who grew up with, with fathers that played in the NHL and um, just started reminiscing, telling these stories. And, you know, it just seemed like the perfect timing to kind of get out there. And we thought it was interesting. Like I said, we both have five kids, you know, uh, the U S the Canada kind of difference is, you know, raising families. And so we just wanted to kind of share that with everybody. Well, let me just say, uh, for people who have five kids, you both look like you have held up pretty well. <laughs> a lot of had, eating and exercise, you know? It's good. I have two kids, and look what happened to me. <laughs> hey, Corey, uh, in addition to having Doc Emmerich mention this, I, I have read this in the past. Is it true that your dad, Doug Favell, was one of the first or maybe the first guy to paint his goalie mask? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um like I said, Jerry Cheevers and my dad uh, grew up together kind of in the same city. 
Jerry's a little bit older, but um, so they, they, they still kind of, you know, give it to each other about who had the first painted one. Jerry had the stitches. Um, and then, like they said, that, that Halloween night game, uh, my dad just, I, I think him and Frank Lewis came up with a plan to let's just paint it orange. Yeah. And yeah, he came out Halloween night with the, the great pumpkin mask. And I just remember growing up with, you know, uh, Charlie Brown and the great pumpkin. That was always, uh -huh. so, that was something that kind of always stuck with me. And, you know, like I said, his numbers weren't going to get him into the Hall of Fame like like Kim's dad. But, hey, his mask somehow uh, managed to slide in there. So that's uh, <laughs> a pretty cool story. Hey, I wanted to throw this up here behind me. Uh, it's got me in it, unfortunately. But uh, what ah, about nice. this hockey card? That, look at that threesome right there. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Three how grades, cool, three how grades cool right is there. that uh, hockey card of Bernie Perron and Doug Favell? You guys uh, have a few of those in your collections? Oh, yeah, got, they're all floating around. It's funny because my mom has tubs and tubs and tubs of pictures and newspaper articles and cards and everything from over the years. And um, going through this stuff, there's there's a lot of that, you know, little gems finding back there. So, but there's a, you know, our dads have such a history together. They played together for so long before the NHL. And um, which is pretty rare. So they have like a really cool history that goes back way before the Flyers, which I I didn't even really know until Corey and I started talking. You know, I didn't get to make a copy of the picture to post, but yeah, one of you guys posted uh, recently a picture of Doug and Bernie from the mid '60s when they were both with, I guess, the Niagara Falls Flyers. And of yeah. course, the Flyers were actually, I believe, uh, a team affiliated with the Bruins, who both ended up, you know, playing with. Um, and then, they, of course, they ended up as teammates with the Flyers. So they do go back to the mid '60s. And I want to ask. I guess, Corey, when was this picture taken? Was this at the Winter Classic or was yeah, this more recent? I think that was probably the 40th anniversary. Oh, okay. Um, it might be the 50th anniversary. Don't quote me on that. But uh, by, by the looks of the jerseys, that might be be the 40th or maybe the, the 50th uh, anniversary. So, yeah, okay. I'm guessing 17, 2017. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds about correct. But All right. like I said, after meeting Kim, a lot of these photos start appearing now. Where yeah, growing up, my uh, my grandparents um, always had a big rec room downstairs with all my my father's masks, and and it was funny because there was always growing up pictures of it was always Bernie Perrant, Doug Favell, and there were so many pictures of Bernie and my dad. And that's when you know it kind of came to fruition that oh geez, Kim and I are the exact same age. We have five kids how along the lines did we not cross paths, which find out, you know, maybe we did at some point, but you know, it's just kind of, that name's been in my family for a long time. And it was neat just talking to Kim and kind of connecting it all. So. And our dads were born the same year, two days apart. And Corey and I were born the same year, exactly six weeks apart, both their second <laughs> children. So it's just, there's so many like ties and similarities. I saw that post. Yeah. Like, wow. It's just, it's really cool. Wow. Now, are you are the dads still good friends uh, or they just kind of get together at alumni or are they kind of talking buddies? I think I think they, they see each other at alumni a lot. Um, it's one of those. I think when they connect, it's like, you know, they, they never left paths. It's, you know, they connect and it's, you know, kind of like when, when best friends hook up again. But, um, yeah, hopefully, um, like I said, the last year, they kind of canceled a lot of a lot of the events and stuff. So. Yeah, we're hoping to get them together a little bit more. So, But it was nice. Like the last time they did have a nice long conversation, I talked to my dad. He said he actually, 
you know, got emotional and misty eyed because, you know, they do, they go back, they grew up together for, you know, what, six years, was it, Corey? So, um, you know, my dad just loves every time he gets a chance to talk to him. Well, we all know as Flyers fans that uh, the number one is retired because Bernie wore that number. But, of course, Doug Favell actually wore that number before Bernie. And then, you know, uh, Bernie left town for a while and came back to the Flyers. I guess, is that when he claimed number one? And how does Doug feel about sharing that number one eventually with Bernie? <laughs> yeah, because he was 30. And then when he came yeah. back from Toronto, then he was number one. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it stemmed from that Niagara Falls Flyers days, because I think your dad was number 30 with Niagara Falls. Yeah, and... I don't think he was ever one before. No. Yeah. Um, so I think, my da- I think maybe that just kind of carried on. And then, you know, the, the, the trade – Bernie, uh, Bernie took number one. Thank God, he, you know, his numbers put the put the the jersey up in the rafters so no one else can wear it again. So yeah. <laughs> so so tell us about the podcast. You uh, you had your debut today, as as said with Mike Emmerich. Uh, you've got several others that you've already got in the can, ready to go. I think so. Tell us yeah. where people can find us. Tell us who you who your guests have been and uh, how often you're on, and give us all the details. Well, it's going to be every Wednesday. A new one's going to drop. Um, we're learning the lingo. Like we always say air and tune in and all that. So we're learning quickly that that's not how to say it. It's going to drop, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're learning. Yeah, we're totally new to this. So we, we like criticize ourselves and blah, blah. But it's fun. And we just love talking to our guests. We have um, uh, Ray Shero, who is awesome. Like he was just funny and he's great. He's coming up next and we have. Um, Lou Scheinfeld. We have um, a bunch of wives from the Stanley Cup era that are going to have a little reunion on our show. Lauren um, Hart. Lauren Hart. We have Chico Resch coming. Oh, nice. And Joe Bowen, the um, announcer up for the Maple Leaves forever, has been up there. So we have a we have a long lineup coming for like the next three or four months. So a lot of fun, interesting people. Now, I listened today on Spotify, but there's also a video version. Is that correct? Yeah, that's going to come out on Friday. It's going to be on YouTube every week. Okay. And then, obviously, anywhere you can get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you know, wherever you get your podcast, it'll be available. Bill? Yeah, I, I was I was looking at that picture because I didn't get to see it. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's cool. Um, so, yeah. Corey... Uh, a lot of the names that Kim mentioned are for flyers related. Uh, she's still in the Philadelphia area. Are you going to hit a lot of those uh, Toronto area guys and people to get them in as well? Oh, we got, we got some, uh, some Toronto people coming in. Yeah. We're going to really uh, incorporate, you know, connect the cities um, Buffalo. There's some good history with the Sabres there. Um, Chris yeah, Osher, so, we have coming on. So we're trying, we're expanding. It's not just going to be a Flyers thing. It's yeah. more going to be NHL. Okay. Kim's just so lovable down there in Philly. Everybody likes her. So, you know, <laughs> she has someone on the show. Everyone, yeah, for sure. So, you know. <laughs> and Kim, uh, you're still, of course, very involved with uh, the Oscar Strong thing and Biscuit Tees. How are things at Biscuit Tees these days? They're going great. You know, obviously things slowed down with um, COVID and all of that, all our events and stuff that we normally do throughout the year. But um, but things are going good and we're holding steady. We just started a new baby biscuit line. So we have like mm-hmm. onesies and toddler tees and all that. So we're always, you know, adding something new. But yeah, Jody and I are still at it and um, 
hope we'll be in the um, Wells Fargo again once things are back to kind of normal over there. So, yeah, that's been going great. Kim, if I may, also ask about something that's not going great. That's this flyer season. Uh, we were so excited going into this season because they were the number one seed last year in that crazy seeded playoffs. And, uh, you know, they played okay, lost to the Islanders in the second round. But we thought, you know, we have the goalie of the future, the next Bernie Perrant. Um, maybe they'll get to the finals this year. Looks like they're not even going to make the playoffs. Are you as disappointed as we are? Oh, like heartbroken. And it, it did. It's, we started off so great and everyone yeah. was so fired up. And then kind of up and down after that. And then, like I say, the bottom just fell out. And it's just, I just feel like there's such a mental, you know, especially for Carter and goaltenders, it's such a mental game. And he's just off his mental game. He'll, you know, he'll be back. We'll, we'll get him back. And um, he's still amazing and everything we thought he would be. It's just unfortunately unfortunate the way things went down and the team in front of them's not you know really helping the goalies out too much so yeah. but it's it's definitely a disappointment because i love all the guys on this team and it's just really rooting for them absolutely hey uh did you guys mention you said wednesday uh did you give a time i, di I didn't catch it is there a certain time on wednesday your your show's going to be on um well with our john the guy that produces everything for us but he kind of <laughs> tells us like right, did it drop yet so but i he dropped today at 10 a.m it did was our very first episode so we'll probably be around that same time each week okay, okay. saying wednesday's 10 o'clock i think you promoted heavily we see the promotion so on facebook and twitter <laughs> and elsewhere so that's good <laughs> i spam everybody yeah you'll get 100 notices that's fine <laughs> That's that's good. Nothing wrong with that. That's the way to get the word out, right? Keep at it. Yeah. Be, be persistent with it. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys coming by. If we could help you out in any way, let us know. Uh, we'll have you back as often as you want. And uh, anything you need from us, let us know. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. All right, okay, Corey, Corey good to meet you for the first time as well. <laughs> it was great meeting you guys. And thanks so much for having us on. Appreciate it. All right. Take Sorry care. I was late. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, bye guys. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye bye. Hey, Chad, I got to tell you, that's cool stuff. Cool stuff, both by uh, Corey and Kim. Uh, need to meet Corey. And uh, we've had Kim here before, and she's she's a bubbling personality, that's for sure. And uh, fun stuff to be interesting that they have not known each other until three years ago. That's really neat. You know, I saw her post on, I guess it was Facebook. She said she listened back to the show and she was worried about her New Jersey accent. I think she sounds fine. Maybe I talk funny too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she's got an accent. No, sounds great. No, sounds good. No, it's kind of cool. That was the one thing right off the bat that kind of took me back that they, that, you know, I kind of had in my head that they would have known each other most of their lives, but I guess there's, it's been a long time. Um, so just the fact that they've only known each other really for three years is kind of neat. And uh, they're pulling it together. going to do some fun stuff with it. Also kind of neat. The Phillies won today. The game's over. Phils beat the Mets 8-2. They are 5-1 and one on the season, Bill. There you go. Only what? They make the four-hour mark? Not, Not quite, quite, no. Not quite. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, I think I hear the bell. Let me see. Do I hear something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> Bill, we are going to ring the bell. And, yeah, we are going to talk about, well, you know, my made-up holiday calendar bill tells me that today, April 7th, is National Beer Day. You know, I think there are actually three or four different beer day celebrations during the year. But, hey, that's okay. 
And the deal is, Bill, today, April 7th, is actually the day in 1933 that Prohibition ended. And that's why we do celebrate this particular beer day. So I'm going to use the occasion to give a brief overview of my 2021 first quarter craft beer experience. I mean, there was some cold, snowy weather. I didn't get to go out and do a whole lot of things. So what did I do? I sampled a bunch of beer, me and Homer. Uh, yeah, I tried 26 new-to-me craft beers. A few were not so great. Most were, at the very least, decent. But about a third of them, eight or nine, were very good, and I would definitely recommend them and buy them again. So here's the scoop on that. As I mentioned previously, I'm not a fan of IPAs. I do love lagers, and I love wheat beers, especially Hefeweizens. They are a type of wheat beer. And that's why they seem to show up all the time on my list of favorites. And over the past three months, the best craft beers that I had were these, eight or nine right here. Yes, seven varieties of white beers or wheat beers or Hefeweizens, plus one in the orange can, coffee, vanilla, cream, ale. But, Bill, after much contemplation, my final four, my final four beers in no particular order were, well, first, that uh, coffee, vanilla cream ale. That was very good. Picked that up in Ohio when I was out there just a couple of weeks ago, along with this other one that I got uh, out there. Same general area, different brewery. Goggle Fogger, German-style Hefeweizen. That's a challenge to say goggle fogger, especially after you, you've had a few of these. Now, sadly, neither of those seems to be av available near me in New Jersey, but these final two are available here. In fact, I've got them a couple of times from some local beer joints. Tuker's Helles Hefeweizen, nice powder blue can. Very good. I highly recommend that one. And direct from Bavaria, Bill, this one. This is a König Ludwig Weiss beer. I'd like saying that too. König Ludwig Weiss beer. All four of the beers that I just showed you have alcohol contents of between five and five and a half percent, and all are very smooth and very tasty. So enjoy those. And as always, drink responsibly if you do. Absolutely. I. I didn't quite like that one with that blue star on it. What in the world was that thing? Yeah, that was, uh, somebody said it looked like a Cowboys thing. It was, yeah, it I don't is. have that handy, but let's see. That one was uh, one that I tried about two months ago, and it was called Blue Star from North Coast Brewery, and it was actually pretty good, despite the blue star. Uh, hey, as fate would have it, Bill, while today, April 7th, is National Beer Day, tomorrow, Thursday, is, I kid you not, National Alcohol Screening Day. <laughs> Cheers, Bill. <laughs> yeah, I, hear you. I hear you. Hey, by the way, Chet, on a whole different note, Connor Brogdon is now 3-0. and He has more wins <laughs> the whole entire NL East. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I told you he was going to get the win today. He uh, did. Pitched an inning and two-thirds, and we like that guy. I think he's got a bright future. And, hey, if he keeps up like this, he's going to have, what, about 80 wins himself this year. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, Jet, let's give a shout-out to our partners at the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Uh, NFL playoffs are coming up, or playoffs draft is coming up. Um, we're loaded with articles. They're coming out. Uh People can check it out on www.eopsports.com. Check out everything that's happening with the draft week. It's uh, it's still all coming together as far as the times and places and dates and all that stuff. But uh, the articles are up and uh, good stuff so far from the guys. 
yeah, we are going to be doing a whole lot of things over the next few weeks. They, they've been putting those articles out pretty much every day. So we try to share them when we think about it, but, you know, slips our minds occasionally. But check the Edge of Philly website. Check also, you know, Big Al's page and our pal Freddie Burns page and uh, everywhere else you can look for that sort of information. You will find it. Follow us and follow Edge of Philly on Twitter also and even on Instagram. And stick around later in the month when it is draft time. We're going to be doing lots, including hopefully a live show, uh, maybe that Friday night of the draft. Yeah, and don't forget to sign up for the EOP newsletter that arrives every Friday. There'll be a, a summary of all the stuff that's been going on and include all this draft information as well. Absolutely. Hey, Chet, and uh, while we're talking about it, how about the Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel? How's that going? Coming along, we'd still like to have more subscribers, but you can catch all of our recent shows from pretty much the past year on YouTube. All you got to do is go to YouTube and type in Philly press box radio. That'll take you to our channel. I don't even know how many, um, separate shows and episodes are up there. But in addition to full shows, say you just wanted to hear about the Sixers. Well, we have our two D Linum visits from the past year on there. In the next couple of days, we'll have a broken down crystal rich segment, uh, from her appearance tonight. Always great to hear from a crystal, um, and maybe there's somebody out there who just wants to hear the random chat segments. You never know. You'll find those on there from January and February and very soon from March. I, I believe Jane called those infamous. Was that <laughs> the, the, the random? That's chat a good word. Or infamous. That's a good right? word. Infamous is a good word for so those. You might have at least one person that wants to hear it again. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. But please subscribe while you're there. YouTube, Philly Press Box Radio. I think we're up to like, 70 subscribers we should have 700 by now damn it yeah that's right and <laughs> and we also put those uh the full show over on our philly press box radio uh website phillypressboxradio.com as well as the shortened versions too so we'll have the crystal rich uh segment on there where you could check that out as well and we're going to start putting uh putting these articles from the draft on there also you betcha all right and hey chet Speaking of Jane, she just sent a note, said today is National Walking Day, too. Did you get your walk in? I, I did. You know, we both, or at least I posted something about that on Facebook. I said, it's National Walking Day. It's also National Beer Day. Tough choice, but I think I'm going to have to go with the beer. I said, although I will walk back and forth to the refrigerator. Oh, <laughs> so I was going to say to the restroom. But yeah, that too. <laughs> Depends how many beers you have. I haven't had any yet, by the way, but that's going to change soon, Bill. All right. I'm ready. All right. Great guest tonight, as always, and Crystal Rich, as well as Kim Parrott and Corey Favell, Chet. So who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? What do you got? Well, Bill, remember how much fun we had a couple of months back? I think it was in January talking to Chris Terrian, a.k.a. Bundy. Yeah, it was January. Well, Chris Terrian is going to be back once again. We're going to do it with Chris one more time because uh, he's got a lot going on. We'll try to figure out exactly what the hell went wrong with this Flyers team this season. And we'll also talk about Bundy's new venture. What a great guy he is. And then, Bill, we have another great guy joining us, too. We're going to start getting everyone ready for the NFL draft when we're joined by Paul Domowicz once again. The Inkies, Domo, Eagles have so many needs, but how will they address the situation? So, yeah, we're going to have Domo on as well as Bundy. That could be a new TV show, Bill. Bundy and Domo. There you go. Hey, <laughs> I tell you what, the NFL draft is really uh, shaping up to be interesting with all these 
quarterback trades and and things like that going on. The NFL is is going topsy turvy here, and uh, every pick ahead of the Eagles definitely affects the Eagles because you know when you thought a quarterback was going to get picked at some spot, now he's not, or is somebody going to move up yet? Uh, there's going to be a good player sitting at twelve. They just they got to be on the right one, and uh, and obviously cannot miss. Eagles signed some linebacker today, and they're also bringing back Jordan Howard again. He was with them two years ago. He played a little bit again last year when they signed him, and now he's coming back a third time. So Jordan Howard, uh, some depth at running back. All right. Well, Chet, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity they continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the philly teams and more they have 11 line razzes mystery boxes and now a memorabilia shop check out their facebook pages like them or follow them it's ppcc 118 raz room and ppcc 118 raz room shop on facebook parting shot for you tonight mr chesto i do not have one thank you just because there's nothing really to celebrate, and no one's died for God's sake. <laughs> you know, Janiceian, who learned the truth at 17, turned yeah. 70 today. So hopefully she remembers the truth that she learned at 17. <laughs> it just came to me now. Sorry. Um, anyway, just one quick thing, Bill. The NFL made it official recently, announcing that beginning this fall, the league will play a 17-game regular season. I don't like it. Players take enough of a beating over 16 games as they try to get to the postseason. And then if they do, of course, they'll play one or two or three or even four more games if they do succeed in the postseason. Other than the league and teams making more money, there was no real need for a 17th regular season game. You know the old saying, Bill, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. The NFL doesn't seem to believe that philosophy. Yeah, I'm not in favor of it either. And and actually, we were going to talk about that last week, and we never got to it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not in favor of it either. Uh, I just, it, it's just a money grab to me. And the, you know that I, I can't believe the Players Association agreed to it. Um, I, I guess it's a matter of revenue from empty seats, empty stadiums. But I'm certainly not in favor of it. By the way, one other note, Chet. Yesterday, yeah. on the news down here in in Tampa, uh, the Buccaneers have re-signed or have all 22 of their starters under contract for next season. First time it's ever happened that any team will start the season after a Super Bowl with all 22 starters intact. Wow. That's pretty good. And then, and then their, their radar is now on Antonio Brown to make him, to sign him since he wasn't considered a starter. Uh, so if they come to terms with him, that's number 23. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good bunch. Well, Tom Brady will be going after, I guess, an eighth Super Bowl. Yes. All right, Chet. We are about out of time. You ready wrap to wrap it up? up? You got anything else? Let's wrap it up. All right. Let's thank tonight's special guest, Crystal Rich, Kim Perrant, and Corey Favell, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoy the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, April 14th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, Philly Press Box Radio, 
on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. High hopes, the end.